Welcome to John's Task, a podcast about all things recovery. We're going to talk about the 12 steps and 12-step recovery groups, 12-step literature, relapse prevention, the history of Alcoholics Anonymous, and a little bit of my story. The task, of course, is to stay sober. Powerless. It's the concept that underlies recovery. And without an admission of powerlessness, there's a little hope of an addict or alcoholic's recovery. The idea of powerlessness is really simple. There are no gray areas. You either have power over your addiction or you don't. Yet simplicity has not prevented millions of alcoholics and addicts from dying throughout history over their inability to accept that simple concept. The concept is so important that the book Alcoholics Anonymous, the primary text of the Fellowship of AA, devotes the first 45 pages to powerlessness, because without the personal acceptance of powerlessness, the rest of the AA program will have little lasting effect. There are so many piercing insights into powerlessness in those first 45 pages that I'll be referring to them repeatedly during this episode. Some of them I may not give credit to the book, but it's all from the book. For instance, on page 24 of the book Alcoholics Anonymous, you'll find perhaps the best definition of powerlessness I've ever heard. And it goes like this. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. And that means that if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. That's from page 44. If you were an alcoholic like me, those words weren't just words in a book. They were a lived experience. I could not stop drinking, no matter what I tried, no matter how desperately I meant to. I could not stop. I was without defense against the first drink. And even worse, I was a complete and total failure at controlling my drinking. In fact, I had failed it so often that I finally quit trying. That's powerlessness. And to compound the problem, my drinking just kept getting worse and worse and worse. As the book Alcoholics Anonymous puts it on page 30, we are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. You know, I can see it clearly now. My drinking at 25 was worse than my drinking when I started at age 17. And by age 38, when I was finally brought to Alcoholics Anonymous, the drinking had progressed to the point that I had become homeless, helpless, unemployable, and totally alone. Now, the baffling thing about it was that while I was living that progression, I never noticed as I gradually sank to the next level. Finally arriving at a state that the book Alcoholics Anonymous describes as pitiful, and incomprehensible demoralization. I had become 100% hopeless apart from divine intervention. Now, powerlessness is always accompanied by denial. The alcoholic sufferer has a million excuses and reasons why he's doing and what he's doing is okay. I don't need help. I can quit anytime I want to. 
I can't be an alcoholic. I have a job, and I don't live under a bridge. I'm not hurting anybody but myself. I'm a good provider for my family, and on and on and on ad nauseum. Most alcoholics have spent so many years spewing these lies that they can no longer distinguish the true from the false. And despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they are in that class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule, and therefore non-alcoholic. That's found on page 31 of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, every once in a while, a glimpse of the truth would break through the denial. I remember a few years before I hit bottom, I would stop at a bar after work and my hands would tremble as I picked up that first drink. By the time I had finished it and ordered the second one, the trembling had stopped. I remember thinking to myself, wow, that's what alcoholics do in the movies. But then I'd shrug it off and just keep drinking. Here's more from the chapter There is a Solution in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. While there are different classifications of alcoholics, they all seem to have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomena of craving. And this phenomena, as we have suggested, may be the manifestation of an allergy which differentiates these people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. And it has never been by any treatment with which we are familiar permanently eradicated. And so the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. And that, of course, is the fatal nature of our dilemma. The only solution to our act of alcoholism is abstinence, and yet because we were alcoholics, we couldn't stop drinking. If you ask us why we started on that last bender, the chances are we will offer you any one of a hundred alibis, and sometimes these excuses have a certain plausibility, but none of them really make sense in the light of the havoc an alcoholic's drinking creates. At a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, he passes into a state where the most powerful desire to stop drinking is of absolutely no avail. And this tragic situation has already arrived in practically every case long before it was suspected. So when this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. And these stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. And but for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many of us want to stop, but cannot. You know, there's a good reason why acceptance of our powerlessness is the bedrock of recovery. You see, there is a solution. But that solution is going to require an alcoholic to take actions that are totally foreign to him in his active disease. And without that acceptance, an active alcoholic is not likely to even attempt those actions. And without that acceptance, an alcoholic is unlikely to have the necessary level of honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness needed to progress along the 12 steps. That's why we believe that in order to achieve that acceptance, an alcoholic has to hit rock bottom. The delusion that he might at some time in the future be able to drink like others has to be smashed. Fortunately, we no longer believe that hitting bottom means ending up under a bridge. Incomprehensible demoralization takes many forms, and an alcoholic could be hitting bottom while holding a job.
The miracle of recovery is that once an alcoholic hits bottom, once an alcoholic's defiance has been crushed, recovery is easily attainable. I want to thank you for joining us today as we talked about the problem, a problem that I lived in for 22 years. And I hope you come back for upcoming episodes because we're going to be talking about the solution. Solutions that I have lived now for nearly 33 years. Solutions that saved my life. Recovery is still, all these decades later, the most romantic thing I've ever done. It's high drama and low comedy, life or death. Watching people wash up at the doors of recovery, little more than human wreckage, with no real reason to even be on the planet, and become transformed back into members of their communities, their places of worship, and their families. That's been a rare privilege for a drunk like me. So thanks for joining us today at John's Task. You can recover.